Hey, 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 welcome everyone back to Chew the Bible. It's your good friend, A.A. Ron. Today was a good day overall. Uh, capped off the night by going to visit my beautiful new girlfriend at her church out in Kansas. It was really cool. Had a prayer meeting. It's interesting because our prayer meetings at my church are on Monday nights, Wednesday at noon, and then Saturday morning. So, yeah, we have Monday night, Wednesday afternoon, and Saturday morning. Prayer is actually my favorite. Prayer meetings are my favorite activity at church. So, anyway, had a good time. What else? What else? What else? What else? What else? Oh, I'm trying to think. Is there anything else I need to share? Hope y'all are having a great new year so far. <clears throat> Let's go ahead and get right into the word. Oh, yeah. It's funny. It was interesting. It came up in the prayer meeting. Uh, the pastor was talking about this guy they know that reads to the Bible, the entire Bible, once a month. Like, he doesn't just do Bible in a year. <laughs> he goes, he does Bible in a month. I was like, whoa. So I need to step my game up. So, yeah, at least get back to doing the two-a-days where I uh, record in the morning and then at nighttime. Do two recordings, two chapters a day. And then just listening to Scripture more often, like, I've actually listened to the entire Bible from start to finish um, while I'm not doing deliveries. I'll listen to it. But I need to get back on that, just start listening to it regularly. So, or at least pick like a book of the Bible and just like, just keep listening to it over and over again, like James. <laughs> James is one of my favorite books to do that with, so... I encourage y'all to just really allow the word to to meditate on the word and store it in your heart. So it just it will transform you, transform the way you think, the way you talk, the way you act, the decisions that you make. So. Oh, yeah, my car will be in the shop soon to get this door fixed. I got hit. This guy hit me in a parking lot. So I got to take it in. This week, this Friday, well, probably Thursday night, uh, to get it worked on. So, I got to replace the whole door and paint the front and the back fenders to blend it to make it look right. But, yeah, that's I'm saying that to say, yeah, I won't be driving for a whole week making deliveries for like a whole week. I was going to get a rental car, but decided not to. I can just always use my pop's vehicle if I really need to go somewhere. My new girlfriend (laughs) said she doesn't mind coming out here to get me, even though I'll just give her some gas money or uh, something else. But uh, give her some French silk pie (laughs) because she likes that. Payer and pie and those horrible uh energy drinks that I'm trying to get her to stop drinking. 
Uh, anyway, if you're listening, young lady, Stephanie, I'm talking to you. All right, let's get into this word before I say something crazy and not having a girlfriend no more. All right, Amaziah rules in Judah. Amaziah was 25 years old when he became king and he reigned in Jerusalem 29 years. Sound like old the other dude before that. Was it Joash? Was, yeah, he was seven years old when he became king. This dude, 25, still young. He reigned in Jerusalem 29 years. His mother was Jehoadan from Jerusalem. Amaziah did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight, but not wholeheartedly. <laughs> uh, so listen, we can all take. How many of us? Do things that are pleasing to the Lord, but not wholeheartedly. The beautiful thing about being a Christian and the fact that we have Jesus now, we live in the modern age, or the 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 um the Jesus age, the age of grace, is when God sees us, He sees His Son Jesus, perfect and spotless, without wrinkle. But that doesn't mean that we still wrestle with sin and make bad choices. And there's consequences for those bad choices. And uh, there's rewards. I don't know how that's going to work, but there's apparently there's rewards in heaven for our obedience. Rewards on earth and in heaven in eternity. I just always, I'm so curious about that. Like how many of us, (laughs) like... I guess there'd be no jealousy over like looking at other people that have more rewards than us. As my brother always jokes, he's like, I'll just be glad. Hey, if I'm just homeless and having like, hey, I just want to get up there. But anyway, where's I going with all that? Um, Yeah. So this whole. Some of you, even me, there's times where I don't do what's pleasing. Well, I might be doing what's pleasing in the Lord's sight, but I don't always do it wholeheartedly. So, Lord, I just pray here right now for everyone listening, for myself. Lord, help us to not only do what is pleasing in your sight, God, but to also do it wholeheartedly with joy and without compromise. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. All right. When Amaziah was well established as king, he executed the officials who had assassinated his father. However, he did not kill the children of the assassins, for he obeyed the command of the Lord as written by Moses in the book of the law. Parents must not be put to death for the sins of their children, nor children for the sins of their parents. Those deserving to die must be put to death for their own crimes when amaziah organized the army assigning generals and captains for all judah and benjamin he took a census and found that he had an army of three hundred thousand select troops 20 years old and older all trained in the use of spear and shield he also paid about 7500 pounds of silver to hire 100,000 experienced fighting men from israel But a man of God came to him and said, Your majesty, do not hire troops from Israel, for the Lord is not with Israel. He will not help those people of Ephraim. Y'all remember Ephraim and Manasseh? Go back and read that story. That was a blessing on Ephraim. 
go back and read that. <clears throat> if you let them go with their troops into battle, you'll be defeated by the enemy no matter how well you fight. God will overthrow you, for he has the power to help you or to trip you up. Man, God has the power to help you or trip you up. That's not a word. I don't know what it is. Amaziah asked the man of God, but what about all that silver I paid to hire the army of Israel? He's <laughs> like, I already put a down payment on them. I put a, yeah, put them on layaway. The man of God replied, the Lord is able to give you much more than this. So Amaziah discharged the hired troops and sent them back to Ephraim. This man, so they got, they got paid. They got paid and didn't have to work. Could you imagine that? If you just got paid a big sum of money and didn't have to go work for a year. I'm sure yeah, it was enough money to cover their expenses for the whole year or half the year. <clears throat> Verse 10. Yeah, so Amaziah discharged the hired troops and sent them back to Ephraim. This made them very angry with Judah and they returned home in a great rage. Then Amaziah summoned his courage and led his army to the Valley of Salt where they killed 10,000 Edomite troops from Seir. They captured another 10,000 and took them to the top of a cliff and threw them off, dashing them to pieces on the rocks below. It's brutal. Meanwhile, the hired troops that Amaziah had sent home raided several of the towns of Judah between Samaria and Beth Haran. They killed 3,000 people and carried off great quantities of plunder. When King Amaziah returned from slaughtering the Edomites, remember the Edomites like to call the Reds, because they come from the line of Esau. Once again, go back and read that. Just in case you need a refresher, I need to go back and read a lot of this stuff because some of this stuff I've forgotten. He brought, let's see, when King Amaziah returned from slaughtering the Edomites, he brought him with he brought with him idols taken from the people of Seir. He set them up as his own gods, bowed down in front of them, and offered sacrifices to them. Tisk, tisk, tisk. Come on, Amaziah. This made the Lord very angry, and he sent a prophet to ask, Why do you turn to gods who could not even save their own people from you? It's like, dude, what's wrong with you? I was reading in my pop's study Bible the other a uh, couple days ago, and it was like a proverb. Cause I always like to read a proverb of the day and a psalm of the day. So like today is what? What is today? Today is the fourth. So I usually read yeah, Proverbs four and you know Psalm four, and then tomorrow I'll read Proverbs five and Psalm five. But I can only go up to thirty one. I need to figure out some new system so I can keep going beyond that. You know, it works out well because Proverbs has 31 chapters, but the Psalms, you know, as Psalms goes to 150, I think. Anyway, I got to come up with a new, some new system for that. Uh, where is I going to go? What was I going? Oh, it was talking about the word anger and how I can't remember what the Hebrew word is for anger, but just saying like God, they were just saying like God's anger isn't the same as our anger. Like, it's not out of control. It's, like, controlled, and it's always tied to judgment and making things right. Like, the only reason why God gets angry is because it's it's when we act outside of his divine will, like his original plan and design for each and every one of us. 
It's kind of like, yeah, imagine like your car. Not to say we're robots. We're not cars. We have free will. Cars don't have free will. But let's just say in this case, say your car, you know, all of a sudden just broke down and wasn't doing what it was designed to do, which is run properly, you know. And um, man, there's so many ways. I love using cars as analogies because yeah, everyone has a car. There's so many different analogies you can use with a car. But when that car isn't doing what it's supposed to do, you get upset, right? You get angry. When it breaks down, you get angry. And so, anyway, um, when we don't do what God designed us to do, it causes him to get angry. But he doesn't get angry the same way we get angry. Um, he's angry at the sin and the consequences of the sin, not so much like us, his children. Just like, yeah, with your kids. Your kids do something that, you know, you don't you usually don't get up. I mean, you might get, you know, a human or earthly parent, you might get angry at your child. But especially the young ones, it's hard to, like, actually get angry with them, like, when they're really little. Because <laughs> it's like, they don't really know better a lot of times. They're still learning. But... When they become an adult, you expect them to act differently. But you still love them, you know? So, anyway, there's so many more things I can talk about related to God's anger and to how he parents us. I'm still learning how, what kind of father God is and experiencing what that means to be his His son and be loved by him, but also deal with the consequences and the punishments of my poor choices. So... Because I always say yeah, nothing happens to us without God allowing it to pass through his hands, like with Job. So anyway, that's a whole nother theological conversation. Uh, verse 16, but the king interrupt, interrupted him and said, since when have I made you the king's counselor? Be quiet now before I, I have you killed. So the prophet stopped with his warning. I know that God has determined to destroy you because you have done this and have refused to accept my counsel. That's why it's important to have good counsel. After consulting consulting with his advisors, King Amaziah of Judah sent this challenge to Israel's King Jehoash, the son of Jehoahaz and grandson of Jehu, come and meet me in battle. But King Jehoash of Israel replied to King Amaziah of Judah with this story. Out in Lebanon mountains, a, out in the Lebanon mountains, a thistle sent a message to a mighty cedar tree. Give your daughter in marriage to my son. But just then a wild animal of Lebanon came by and stepped on the thistle, crushing it. You are saying I have defeated Edom and you are very proud of it. But my advice is to stay at home. Why stir up trouble that will only bring disaster on you and the people of Judah? But Amaziah refused to listen, for God was determined to destroy him for turning to the gods of Edom. Mm. That's something you do not want God to be determined to destroy you. So King Jehoash of Israel mobilized his army against King Amaziah of Judah. The two armies drew up their battle lines at Beth Shemesh in Judah. Judah was routed by the army of Israel, and its army scattered and fled for for home. King Jehoash of Israel captured Judah's king, Amaziah, son of Joash, and grandson of Ahaziah at Beth 
Shemesh. Then he brought him to Jerusalem, where he demolished 600 feet of Jerusalem's wall from the Ephraim gate to the corner gate. He carried off all the gold and silver and all the articles from the temple of God that had been in the care of Obed-Edom. He also seized the treasures of the royal palace along with hostages and then returned to Samaria. King Amaziah of Judah lived for 15 years after the death of King Jehoash of Israel. The rest of the events in Amaziah's reign from beginning to end are recorded in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. After Amaziah turned away from the Lord, there was a conspiracy against his life in Jerusalem, and he fled to Lachish. But his enemies sent assassins after him, and they killed him there. They brought his body back on a horse, and he was buried with his ancestors in the city of David. All right, let's hop on that Romans road. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of that sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5a says, But God demonstrated or showed his love toward us, and that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10, verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will be saved. For with our hearts we believe we are now in right standing, and with our mouths we confess that we are now saved. Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody or everybody, who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So you can simply say this prayer to ask Jesus in your heart. You can say, Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my Savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty, precious name I pray. Amen. All right, y'all. I will see y'all tomorrow. I say see y'all. I can actually, like, I can actually see y'all, but... I know what I mean. Looking forward to another recording in the morning. God willing. Deuces.